Welcome to Passion Life Church. I want to ask us a question today. I wonder how much our identity is really linked to what we hear about ourselves. I wonder how much we have allowed these voices in society, friends, to really make up our identity. I love this quote from Stephen Covey. He says this, we hear a lot about identity theft when someone takes your wallet and pretends to be you and uses your credit card. But the more serious identity theft is to get swallowed up in other people's definition of you. You know, the Bible talks a lot about listening, the voices that we hear. The Bible talks a lot about hearing. You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If I will hear the voice of God, that's why many times when I'm reading the, vo- when I'm reading the word of God, I read it aloud. Because that, by speaking it, I can hear it. And guess what it causes? It causes faith to come into my life. And what I believe is so important about hearing God's word is that what we believe is actually influenced by what we hear. If I can hear voices of faith that are speaking the word of God, it opens up and enlarges my capacity to believe bigger. And you know, the opposite is true too. If you have voices of doubt, if you have voices, negative voices speaking into your life, guess what? Instead of it enlarging your capacity to believe, it's going to enlarge your capacity to doubt and be negative. Sometimes we're so negative because we just listen to negative voices. Are you here this morning? And I wonder sometimes how many of those voices have actually influenced our identity and who we are. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to a story in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. And what I want to do today is I want to talk about who is defining you. I think that's a question that we have to answer. What voices are defining who we are? What voices have you allowed in your life to form who you are? Because I think that's so important. If we can identify that, even I think maybe some of us in this room today can be free. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Have you found it this morning? Amen. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, you, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Let me read that again. So Jesus is asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Jesus is spending some time with his disciples uh, away from the the crowds. And it's just him. And it's kind of this just inside baseball type talk that he would have with his disciples. And they were by Caesarea Philippi. And and, uh, they were just kind of in a remote place. and, And Jesus begins to ask a question. And one thing I want us to know is that whenever Jesus asks a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. 
It's not because he's trying to understand something he already knows, but it's a rhetorical question because he's trying to teach us something. Can you, I hear a good amen. And so I think we can learn a lot by questions. We can learn a lot by Jesus's questions. And I find this very interesting because Jesus gets his disciples and this is what he says. If there's a ring on my voice, would you guys just help me out? I don't wanna uh, blow people out of the water this morning. Thank you. Jesus says this to the guys. Who do people say that I am? Come on, what are people writing on their Facebook walls about me? Come on, what are the pictures that they're posting on Instagram about me? What are the hashtags? Are there any good hashtags? What are people saying about me? Let me, let me, let me put it this way. Jesus is saying, so what are the voices of society saying about me? I thought, how funny. Do I really think that Jesus cares about what everybody thinks? He loves people. He cares about people. But why would he ask this question? And so the disciples respond in verse 14. They said, well, here's what the voices of society are saying, Jesus, and you need to know. Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah. And others, Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. Now, Let's just analyze this a little bit for a moment. Are those bad? John the Baptist was amazing. Elijah, oh my goodness, incredible, incredible. Jeremiah, another one of the great prophets. So was it bad? No, it wasn't bad, but it was wrong. Because Jesus was not that. Jesus was the son of the living God. And I want to encourage you today because society's voice is, can be wrong. Society, and there's still that voice today. Jesus is a good prophet. Jesus is a good teacher. Jesus was a good man. Jesus looked like Jared Leto. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, Jesus is my homeboy. Got the t-shirt. That's what society is saying. But in truth, is that what, is that what he is? Is that what he is? And I think it's important for you and I that we identify what I like to call the voice of they in our lives. How many of you have ever heard somebody come to you at work, maybe a family member, and say, hey, they are saying this? How many of you have ever heard that? Now, can I just tell you, in 20, minute, 20, 20 years of, of church ministry, I have heard they don't like the music. Okay? So here's always the question you need to ask. Who is they? Because I have found that sometimes they is one person and they ain't they is you. But they say they because they want to bring this massive following, but it ain't they. And they, we hear that all the time. They say if you drink coffee, you'll live longer. It's good for this. And they say you shouldn't drink too much coffee. And they say, who in the heck is they? Because you know what happens? We can allow they to define our life, and we don't even know who they is. They say you're ugly. Well, you know what? You ugly. Who's they? Because my mama thinks I'm handsome. Come on, somebody. I don't care what they say. So we have to identify they. And let me just tell you a little bit about who they are anyway. Number one, they really don't know who Christ is. I think he's, the pro I think he's Jeremiah. No, he's not. And can I just tell you, 
Be careful when you listen to they because they don't know who Christ is. Oh, he's a good teacher. He's a good prophet. So because they don't know who Christ is, they don't value his word. And I'm not going to listen to they, especially if they don't know Christ and they don't value God's word. I want to listen to a person who knows Christ and is going to speak God's voice into my life. So be careful. Be careful with the voice of they. But you know what? They don't know who Christ is. Let me tell you number two. They, being that they don't know who Christ is, number two, that means they don't know what Christ can do. If you don't know who Jesus is, you will never know what he can do in your life. He is so trans, he will transform your life. He will give you a new identity. We're going to learn today, but you can never know what Jesus will do into your life until you know who he is. And they don't know who he is, so they don't know what he can do. Number three, the voice of they. The voice of they are many. There are many. This is why the voice of they can be so influential. When you hear they talking against Jesus, when you hear they talking against the church, when you hear, and they make you think that there is something wrong with you and not wrong with they. I know my language this morning and my English is not right, but I'm trying to make a point to you today that they don't know who Christ is. And one of the reasons why they are so influential is because they are many. And here's number four. What I have found out, maybe you have found out, the voice of they is usually wrong. Jesus is Jeremiah. He wasn't Jeremiah. Do you know that they shouted, free Barabbas, crucify Jesus. And they could not see the Son of God. And if you were in that crowd that day, if you allowed the crowd's voice to influence your voice, you would have been wrong. Because the Son of God, they were yelling, crucify him. You know, the voice of they is so important. If you ever read, I want to just encourage you. If you ever read the, the, the story of Daniel, anybody know the story of Daniel in the lion's den? We know that story. It's a popular kid's story. We read to our kids. I was reading this the other day. And you know how Daniel got to be in the lion's den? Because King Darius had a they that he could not define. He had some people and some people that were under him, and so was Daniel. And King Darius loved Daniel. The Bible says he had an excellent spirit about him. And do you know that they conspired against Daniel, and they came to the king, and they said, you need to decree that nobody pray to God, but people pray to you, O king. And he's like, wow, that sounds pretty good. And he makes the decree, not realizing that Daniel prayed three times a day to God. And he was consistent. He was disciplined about it. And Daniel continued to pray. But the voice of they came to King Darius and they begin to say, hey, listen, you made this decree, but Daniel is continuing to pray. And because King Darius listened to they and could not define the voice of they... He put the, the guy that he loved of an excellent spirit into the lion's den because the voice of they so influenced him. And I thought, man, how, how human is that? Because all of us have the voice of they. And Jesus asked the disciple, 
So what are they saying about me? Can I just ask you this question? What are they saying about Jesus in your life, where you work, when you go out and your friends? But Jesus has a second question. And I believe this is the reason why he's asking these questions. And I hope that it so ministers to you because he says, so who do people say that I am? Oh, you're a good teacher. You're John the Baptist. And then he asked this question. Let's make it personal. Let's cut everything else. Who do you say that I am? In other words, here's what he's asking. Has the voice of they become your voice? Has the voice of they so influenced your voice now that what they say, you're saying? Because society, there will always be a they. But you need to know who's going to define your identity. You will be defined by the voices that you listen to. And Jesus is basically asking, so what do you say? Are you just saying what society says about me? Because if you do, you won't know me and you won't know what I can do. Who do you say that I am? Because society may miss the mark for a long time. But you know what? At this point, I'm not concerned about society. I'm concerned about what do you say that Jesus is? Because there's going to become a, vo a time in your life where your voice and society's voice is going to be totally different. And you're going to have to be able to make a stand and say, I don't care what they say. I care what he says. And not what they say is my voice, but I'm going to say what his voice says. That's going to be my voice. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause this morning. Are you speaking just like they? Are you so influenced by what they say that you're saying it too? So let me break it down a little bit more. Because there's many voices. It's not just society. There's the voice of failure. I don't know if you've ever had this voice. It screams. It screams. You failed. You failed. You Can I just tell you something about failure? Failure is an event, not a person. And the way that you your, 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 um, your perspective on failure has to be that it's an event. Many people have failed. Everybody has made mistakes. There's, not, there's only one perfect son. His name is Jesus. And there's only one perfect father. And his name is God. And all of us have missed the mark. All of us need God's mercy, me included, and his grace. But let me just say, some of us have tried things and they failed. And the voice of failure comes screaming at you. But here's the question. Has the voice of failure become your voice? Because when it does, this is what it sounds like. It sounds like I'm a failure. And even though I have failed and the voice of failure comes in, guess what? You are not a failure until you allow that voice to define your identity. And so that when you, that voice begins so strong and you begin to say what that voice says, then it can so affect your identity that you will never try anything new because you've allowed a voice to define who you are. Listen, what about this? The voice of insecurity. I'm pretty amazed at this one. We all struggle. All, everybody struggles with this. I don't care who you are. Everybody struggles with insecurity, and that is a voice. Hey, you are not good enough. Hey, you're not. He, he broke up with you because you're not pretty enough. You Listen, that voice will continue to come. But here's the question. Are you going to 
allow what they say and insecurity says to become your voice. Because then when you do, you start saying this, I can't do it. And now your voice is lining up with the voice of insecurity. And can I just say this morning that when you say you can't do it because you are allowing the voice of insecurity to influence, you are in direct uh, opposition to the word of God because God's voice says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But you can be defined by failure. You can be defined by insecurity because you've allowed those voices to influence your life. What about this one? This is a big one. The voice of doubt. I doubt it. I wonder how many times we hear, I doubt it, in our head, doubt, doubt. And I wonder how much they in society, I doubt it, I doubt it. I, 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 I just, I, just I, I doubt that. Or it comes out like this, that'll never happen. Just, you know what, that'll never happen. So let me ask you this question. Are you speaking the language of the world or are you speaking the language of heaven? Because they're totally different languages. When you see how people responded to the things Jesus said, they looked at him like, because people don't talk that way. And there's a different language. And our voice needs to go along with his voice, not the voice of society, not the voice of failure, not the voice of insecurity or doubt. Can I just encourage us? Doubt never unlocks anything from heaven. Faith does. And you need to have a voice of faith that when you are doubting, that coach, that person says, hey, you're doubting. Listen, you need to have faith in God. Are you glad you came to church this morning? Come on, let's move forward. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus asks the disciples, right? So who do you say that I am? Oh, come on, here comes Simon Peter in verse 16. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus asked them personally, who do you say that I am? That's a question you're going to have to answer for yourself. Who is Jesus to you? And let me say, when circumstances come to overtake you, you may be going through something right now. The answer to that question is going to see you through. Because if you just think and you allow the voice of they instead of his voice in those times, it can define you and the whole circumstance. And one thing that I am sure of today is that he is the Christ he is Jesus. Well, they say, I don't care what they say, because you know what? I've seen him transform my life. And it's hard to argue with a changed life. And I don't care what they say. And Peter, somehow, I love Peter, because he's like 50% right and 50% wrong sometimes. But you know what I love about him? He wears his emotions on his sleeve. You can always tell what's going on with Peter. He's not one of those silent but violent. You know what I'm talking about? Like you don't even know what's going on. You know, you don't want to say something because that person's going to explode or they're going to be walking on eggshells with them. Like, I don't know. Peter, man, he just tells it like, I like that. I appreciate that about. And Peter just speaks up. 
And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Peter hears the voice of God. And this is what I love. I love about this whole story. People are saying, well, this is what they say. This is what they say. Peter pushes back, goes a little bit deeper, gets on God's frequency. And guess what he does? He hears the voice of God. And that should be so encouraging to you because no matter what's going on in your life and as society is speaking their voice, there is a voice that will speak to you. And he will speak to you in the middle of whatever's going on and he will tell you who Jesus is. Ooh, come on. Come on. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. It's your birthday. And, Peter, and Jesus looks at him. And I think this was the lesson. And I want you to hear these words, what happens. And what Jesus says. Because I hope that what Jesus says to us today, because of what he says to Peter, let that define our lives. Let that be what define our lives. And this is what he says. He says, you didn't hear that from flesh and blood. See, the voice of God and as he speaks to us, and and here's how he's going to give you this identity. Number one, the Holy Spirit will always reveal to you who Jesus is. Listen, the Father, this is how they work, the Father. We believe here at Passion Life Church in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know people who just believe in Jesus. Man, I'm glad that's a start, but you know what? He is three in one. I like to explain it like this, and excuse my coffee example, but I am a coffee fanatic. It's just like if I were to take the creamer and the coffee and a little bit of sugar, they are three different things. But once I mix them in the coffee, they become one and they become one in there. But you know what? They are three different entities. And so you have the father, you have his son and you have the Holy Spirit. So the father will speak to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's always going to point to Jesus, always going to point to Jesus, always pointed to Jesus. Well, I don't know what Jesus did. Read what he did. That's why he came in flesh so we can look at what he did and said, wow, this is Jesus. And so Peter's having this moment where the father speaks to him. And by the the unction of the Holy Spirit, he looks, he says, you're the Christ. And the Christ means anointed one. In other words, you are picked for this specific purpose of dying on the cross. You are the Messiah. And Jesus looks at him and he says, you're having a moment here. This isn't something that flesh and blood has revealed to you. My father in heaven, you have tapped into a divine voice that goes beyond society, goes beyond what you feel, goes beyond what your body, you have heard the voice of God. And listen, you and I have that same opportunity. Listen, when you see who Jesus really is, there's a transformation in your life. I love the scripture in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. It says this, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know when, when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. John is telling us, and obviously he's talking about when Jesus comes back, but I believe this is every day when you look at Jesus, you can not stay the same. There is a transformation that comes when you see him for who he really is. Not through the eyes of religion, not through the eyes of laws, when you see him for who he really is. 
the laws don't matter because you want to keep the laws because you love him so much. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It was no different like with me and my wife. Once I saw her, listen, I wanted to get married. I did not want to be single anymore. I didn't see her and go, man, I want to marry her. But this means I got to give up my singleness. I got to think about that. When I saw her, I did not want to be single anymore. I did not want to go back to my house. I wanted to get married. I didn't want her to be single anymore. (laughs) And all I did is I beheld her. And I don't know if it was because she worked at a coffee shop. And I was getting coffee. And I got more coffee. Oh, Jesus, I beheld her. I, in, our, in our previous church, we had four coffee shops. We had, they were endorsed by uh, Starbucks. And we, our youth ministry had its own coffee shop. And she didn't work there. She worked in the main service coffee shop. So I had to make my way from the youth ministry all the way around to the main coffee shop just to behold her. And I know, I know I'm being a little humorous. But this is what happens when you see Jesus. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change your direction. It'll transform your life when Jesus is revealed to you like he truly is. And let me just put a little infomercial here. It is my goal that Passion Life Church be a church that represents Christ how he really is. Not condemning people, beating people over the head, with a bat because they have a tattoo, that people can come in here and see Jesus on our faces and in our lives and see him for who he really is, to preach the word of God in a way that it shows who he really is. And when that happens, there's transformation in people's lives. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. And so the Holy Spirit comes, right? And he reveals to Peter This is the son of God. Let me give you this second point. Because see, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal Jesus to you. But number two, Jesus reveals to you your identity. Your identity. And I'm taking this from the word. Listen to what Jesus tells Peter. He turns to him and he says, you're blessed, Simon. What? Those are the first words out of Jesus' mouth is you're blessed, You know what that means? The word blessed in the Greek means to prosper, to move forward. And let me just say this. We are blessed in so many ways, but you and I are blessed to be able to hear the voice of Jesus. We are blessed to be able to have a divine GPS on the inside of us that will move our life forward, that will help you. You are blessed because God will speak directly into your life. I am so blessed that God revealed Jesus to me because I went to church. Church had disappointed me. My dad was a pastor. My parents went through a divorce. My dad resigned the church. My dad went over here. My mom went over here. So for me, church wasn't all that. But you know what? I saw Jesus and it transformed my life. It transformed my life. And he says, number one, Peter, you're blessed. And I need to tell you this morning, the voice of God is telling you you are blessed because that's what Jesus says to you. He wants your identity to be blessed. Well, you know, I don't feel blessed. I'm unemployed right now. It doesn't matter. You're not blessed because of your employment. You're blessed because of Jesus. And if you'll look to him, he'll, he'll, he can provide employment. He can provide better employment. He can provide all of those things. But we need to get past all of the things and get back to I am blessed because of him. 
And Jesus tells Simon, you're blessed. Look at uh, verse 18. And I tell you, Peter, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So you need to understand something. When Jesus is talking to Simon Peter, that was what they called him, Simon Peter. But Simon in the Greek actually means this little stone, this little pebble, right? It's the word Petros. It means just this little rock pebble. And Jesus says, now I'm going to call you something different. Listen, I am going to give you, Peter, a new identity. Because when you see me for who I really am, you will know who you really are. And I'm going to tell you who you really are. You're not just this little stone. You're not just this little pebble. And he calls his name Peter. You know what Peter means? Peter means a massive, connected, immovable rock. And Jesus says, nobody's just going to call you this little pebble. Now you are going to be a part of the rock. And the rock is what Jesus is going to build this church on. And he says this, now your life is going to get unshakable, Peter. Your life is going to be immovable, Peter. And every time he says his name, that's what it meant. You are a massive, immovable rock. Peter, you are a massive, immovable rock. Peter, you're a massive, immovable rock. You're not a little pebble anymore, Peter. But I think that's significant because that means God will make your life immovable and unshakable. Because there's two parallels here that I believe that he's giving him a new identity. But we also find out that Jesus, listen to this, watch this. Jesus is going to build his church on the rock. Now let's take a a theological moment here. Because a lot of people get this wrong. And they say, that the rock that God was going to build his church on was Peter. No. I want you to hear this is important. The rock in this passage is the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. And Jesus was telling people on this rock. What is the rock? The rock is that Jesus is going to build his church on this revelation that Jesus is the Christ. If you will put your faith in that, you will be immovable and unshakable. Jesus is going to build his church on something that is so unshakable. You know what that is? It's the truth of his word. And the word is that he is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. And so basically what he's telling Peter, you are connected to this massive immovable rock, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, we need to let God define us. You know, the church actually means in the Greek, it means the gathering of the called out ones. Anybody been called out of darkness into God's marvelous light? Has anybody been called out? You've been called out. And so church hasn't, doesn't have anything to do with the buildings. It has everything to do. We are the called out ones and we are supposed to gather together. All of the called out ones, we gather together, right? And then we go back to our jobs with all the demons and all the this and the that. And then we come back right into all the called out ones. And what is the base of all that, that Jesus is the Christ, is the Christ. And he said he's going to build his church on this revelation. And then he says this, I love this. 
it's going to be so unshakable, so unmovable that the gates of hell will not even be able to prevail against it. You need to remember this because when Jesus comes inside your heart, he brings his blessedness and now you are a called out one. You are a part of the church. And I want you to hear my voice today because I'm going to speak the words of Jesus over you today. When you're going through a storm, remember you're connected to a rock. That's why this word rock is the same word used when Jesus said, if you hear my words and do them, you will build your house on a what? On a rock. And what storms will come, they will beat against that house, but your house will not fall. And I want to remind you that as you go through things in your life, that you are part of the church. And the Bible doesn't say that hell's not going to try to prevail against you. The, the Bible says that hell will not prevail. It's going to try, but the voice that you listen to in the middle of the storm, the voice that you allow to define you can determine whether you overcome or not. And I want to remind you today, you are a part of the church, the church of Jesus Christ, the church that hell cannot prevail against. That is who we are. That is our identity. Man, I wish people could know this. Jesus values his church so much. I hear when they say, Christians, people, they say, well, you know, I don't have to belong to a local church. Hmm. It's, Jesus loves the church. He loves that he died for the church. Listen, he said that we are his body, the body of Christ. And you know what Jesus said? He's the head of the church. So when you tell me that you don't value his church, that means you don't know him. And my heart goes out to you because when you don't know him, you don't know what, what he can do in your life. And I hear good Christian people, well, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's not what the voice of truth says. God says that don't forsake coming together because as we come together, there's power. When two or more come together in agreement, there's things that happen in these worship services that just can't happen to you at home. It's important that we come together. And you know what? For me, I don't care what other voices say. It's what God voice, God's voice says. And he says it's important for me to come together and gather together with you, the called out ones, and then in that midst, he will do things that we cannot see and have happen by ourselves. Can you say a good amen? He loves the church. He died for the church. He values the church. Number three, here's where I want to end today, because when the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you, Jesus is going to reveal to you who you are. And number three, when you know who you are, you know what you can do. Listen to what he tells Jesus' own words. I hope you listen to this voice. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And Jesus tells Peter, you're blessed. And then he, he says, look, I'm going to build my church. And I, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And now I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Because when you know who you are, 
you will know what you can do. And so Jesus gives us the keys to his whole kingdom. Listen, you know, um, what keys are are really just an instrument to access. It's really what it is. If I were to give you this today, I'm giving you my truck. You have access to my truck. You have access to the gas that's in it. You have access to the truck to go wherever you go. If you have these keys, man, you have access to that. And so what happens is Jesus is saying, I am giving you the keys to my kingdom so you have access to my power. You have access, listen to this, to my authority. And so here's what happens, man. And, 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 and I hope that you hear my heart. I, as a pastor, there's a lot of people who are praying for things. Well, you know, I just kind of hope that God will heal me. Let me just tell you who gave you the keys and the access to the kingdom of God. And listen, if you do not use the keys that he gave you, then I, I don't know what to tell you. It's like you asking me for a ride. And I say, I already gave you my keys. But what are you going to do with the keys that God has given you? Because you have access to unlimited power in your life. But you know what? So many people don't know how to use the keys of the kingdom that God has given to them. You know, uh, this last week, my son came down with a fever. I mean, it was pretty interesting. Uh, Saturday night, it was like uh, 105. All of a sudden, he started feeling hot, 102, 103. So he woke up Saturday morning. 103, 104 uh, fever. And you know, it's something that you need to know. We have the keys to the kingdom of God. And listen, we are a part of this church. And as hell tries to rip our families apart, listen, you are built upon a rock. And I have access, you have access to the power of God. And to sit here and say, well, you know, God, just, just help me. You know what I did? I grabbed my son and we prayed. And here's what I did. I used my keys. I said, in Jesus' name, I rebuke sickness and disease from his body, right? Sickness, you have to go, but not because I'm all that, but because I'm a child of the living God and God gave me the keys. So with these keys, I, by faith, I am gonna access his power and pray for my son. Listen, Jesus did it. Jesus rebuked sickness and disease all the time. And so he wants his voice to be our voice. And so I believe when I'm praying for my son, I am the voice of God. He is speaking through me to my son for healing. Thank God that my son was only sick one day and the next day the fever broke. And I'm telling you, we've got to use the keys to the kingdom of, the, of God. Now listen, he says this, and I love how the message, the message translation, it's uh, just kind of a paraphrase of the Bible, but maybe it'll help you. It says in verse 19, let's put it up on the screen so everybody can see it. It says this, and that's, that's not all. You will have complete and free, listen to this. That's not all. You will have complete and free access to God's kingdoms. Kingdoms, uh, keys to open, to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. You have the power to bring heaven to earth because of the keys that Jesus gave you. And let me just say, a lot of us are waiting on God, but God has already given us the keys. And he's waiting for you to use the keys to access heaven in your life. Come on, can you say a good amen? And then he says this, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you bind in heaven or whatever is bound in heaven 
will be bound on earth. Do you know, I looked up that word heaven because I thought that's, that's pretty, which heaven is he talking about? There's three heavens. There's the sky where the birds fly. That's heaven number one. Then there's space, right? The final frontier. We will go where no man has gone before, where all the Star Wars things are happening. That's space. That's number two, where the force is strong, right? Get out there. But then there's heaven number three, where God lives. And he's not necessarily, he's actually talking about all three. He's talking about you have keys to access heaven and bring into where God is, bring that into earth so you can have heaven on earth. But it is not God's fault if you do not use the keys. The keys are given to you. It's a part of your identity. And you have everything that he has for you. And so I'm praying today that we would allow God's voice to unlock our identity on the inside of us, that we would so begin to speak what he says about us. See, some of us are sick all the time because that's what we say all the time. We're not using the keys. We're saying what they say. Listen, I love doctors. I thank God for doctors. But you know what? They are not the final voice in my life. God is the final voice. And they may... I always say this, doctors will tell you what to pray about. They'll give you, hey, this is what you're suffering with. And I will say, thank you. And I will go to God and say, this is what the doctor said, but you are my great physician. And I begin to declare over my life what God says and allow his voice to be my identity. I like to say it like this, as a Christian, you are the healed but you are fighting sickness. Well, you know, I'm sick. No, you are the healed and you are fighting sickness because the the gates of hell are gonna try to prevail against you, but they will not. But my question is, what are you gonna say? Are you gonna say what they say or are you gonna say what he says? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 